Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. I am so grateful to be able to do this podcast episode today. It was only a couple episodes ago when I shared it just got real. And in that episode, I told the story about my own mom and how the coronavirus had attacked her and she was fighting for her life in the hospital. I was sharing in that podcast episode that the coronavirus, COVID-19, it's been inconvenient. We've had to stay in our homes, stay-at-home order. Businesses have been shut down. Can't go out to eat. Can't go to any outdoor activities. Stay six feet apart, quarantined. It's just been a whirlwind. The pandemic has touched the lives of everyone globally. And here in the States, I can at least tell you that it's touched so many cleaning companies financially where they've lost so much of their businesses during this really difficult time. And we've been talking about that here on this show. We've talked about the CARES Act and how to get some money that might be available for you and how to cope and how to also set your mind forward to take advantage of this time of quarantine to serve our communities and help others. It's been a time of reflection, a time of prayer for so many a time of sacrifice, but it's really been a time of families getting back together too. Yeah, there's been a lot of Netflix binging and different shows that took off, but for the most part, families are putting their devices down. They're eating dinners together for the first time in perhaps years. They're taking walks. They're riding bikes. They're visiting neighbors at a safe distance, and we've been too far removed from that for too long so there's many positives that have come from this as well it's kind of the silver lining the rose within the thorns and i've remained optimistic encouraging you to keep fighting one more day okay come on you can do it you can do it we'll get through this together and on the other side of this our companies will come back they'll bounce back Customers will start bringing us back into their homes. But then COVID-19 touched me personally. And I shared this in that episode where my mom was infected just after Easter, just a few short weeks ago. And in the beginning, she was fine. She had some mild symptoms. We weren't too concerned. She was staying inside, quarantining. And then it took a radical turn where my mom ended up in the emergency room and then admitted on oxygen with pneumonia and it went from a typical virus that she's going to be fine to oh no if she didn't go to the emergency room she might not be here with us right now so going back to the beginning when i said i am so grateful to do this episode i want to follow up right now and just say My mom made it out of the hospital. Yay! She came home on Friday, two days before Mother's Day. So she made it in time to spend Mother's Day 
virtually and in person with her five children. What a gift. Thank you, Mom, for fighting. Thank you, thank you, hospital, doctors, and nursing staff at both Shore Memorial and Atlantic Care in Lenox City. Thank you so much for working so hard and caring for what could have just been another corona patient. But no, that corona patient is my mother, and she means a lot to me and to my four siblings. And we were fighting for her, and she was fighting for her life. So thank you for caring for her and for nursing her back to health. So I know that she still has a little bit of fighting to do, but at least she's fighting from home now. So I'm so grateful this coronavirus has been vicious. It's intersected my life in a very personal way, as it may have intersected your life just as it has mine. And if you've dealt with this in your own family or you've lost a loved one due to coronavirus, I am so sorry for your loss. I am so I'm so sorry for your heartache. I wish I could push rewind on this podcast and everything would go back to before the way things were and your loved ones would still be with you. I'm one of the very blessed and fortunate ones that got their loved ones back. So if you will come with me on a journey, I would like to tell you the story of my mother. I am so grateful for all that she's done in my life. I would not be a cleaning company owner if it wasn't for my mom. I would not have attended college if it wasn't for my mom. I would not have had such a drive to succeed if it wasn't for my mom. I wouldn't have such grit, discipline, determination, fight if it wasn't for my mom. I wouldn't be as stubborn as I am if it wasn't for my mom. (laughs) There is so many gifts she's given to me. Mom, this is a gift for you. I want everyone listening to this podcast which is now being heard in six continents. I cannot even believe that's possible. It's also been downloaded in every state in the U.S. It's incredible. Here I am speaking at my desk all by myself with a microphone, a pop filter, my laptop, and the Audacity app right here on my desk. It's me all by my lonesome And I get to say whatever's on my heart, whatever's on my mind, with the hope of impacting one person out there. And this episode, I want that one person to be my mom. So please listen along and think of your own mother, if she's still with you, or if she's up in heaven and she's looking down, smiling on you. Just think about the memories that you have with your own mother. And use this occasion to just cherish those memories. And if she is still with you, think of memories you can still create. On June the 30th, 1960, Lynn Dreben was born to Mel and Marcia Dreben in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was raised in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania as the oldest of four kids And she was the only girl, which made a very interesting dynamic. Oh, the stories that I've been told of 
the collusion between the four of them and how they would sneak food under the table to the dog and how they would get in little fights and skiffs and blame each other and and they would get each other in trouble. Oh, they're just a typical family of six. My mom loved to play guitar. She loved to sunbathe, go to the beach, spend time with her friends. And one time, specifically, she went to Mermaid Pool. She met a young, strapping, handsome man by the name of Ken Carfagno Jr. He was a couple years older than her at Plymouth White Marsh High School in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. But the two of them really hit it off. In fact, they hit it off so well that on August 26th, of 1976, Ken Carfagno Jr. and Lynn Dreben got married right in the backyard of Ken Jr.'s parents, Gabriella and Ken Carfagno Sr. Now, one little detail is inside the belly of Lynn Dreben was the most amazing, handsome, intelligent future Carfagno in the union of Ken and Lynn Carfagno. As you can probably imagine, I'm talking about myself. And on March the 1st, 1977, little Kenny Carfagno III was born in Chestnut Hill, Pennsylvania, and went to live with his mom and dad in Plymouth Meeting. That little boy is me. My mom was very young when she had me, 17 years old, and she was still trying to figure out how to be a young lady and now a wife and now a mom. There was so much going on in her mind and her heart. Even recently watching her own mother and father go through a pretty bad divorce that lasted a couple years. So there was a lot of emotion there and because they were so young my parents they didn't stay together for too long by 1981 they were divorced I believe separated by 1979 but it never really affected me because they were divorced so young that I never knew any different I was with my mom during the week and my dad picked me up on the weekends as long as I can remember that was the arrangement so Monday through Friday afternoon, it was just me and my mom, and we were so tight. We did everything together, and I had a really cool deal because I went to school from September to June, and so did my mom, because she was either in college or she was teaching, and she had her summers off either way. So we always had our summers together, and we'd go visit her mom who after the divorce had moved to Ocean City, New Jersey. So we had a beach house to go stay at whenever we wanted. So we'd spend a lot of time at the beach in the summer. We lived in various homes, apartments, and had access to pools at many points or playgrounds. But what I most remember from my childhood with my mom, and she would say this too, is that it was just me and her. That was my world. My mom was my world. And 
all that I really knew was go to school, be with my mom, and then go visit my dad and grandparents on the weekends. That was my life. It was simple, but it was great. It was a great childhood. The time with my mom was always special. Yeah, she was tough. Yeah, she was a driver. She knew how to push me, push my buttons, get me to perform with excellence, get me to do my homework. And really, she didn't have to push too hard after a while because I was self-driven. I did very good in school. And so she had high expectations of me. She held me accountable. She never let me off the hook. And so I developed a great work ethic in school and a desire to always perform. And I wanted to perform. I wanted my mom to be proud of me. And often she was. So she instilled that in me from the very beginning. I also watched my mom go to school, go to work, and do everything and be a single mom taking care of a four, five, six, eight-year-old son. And still, somehow she had time for me. She was like Wonder Woman. And I referenced that because that was a popular show back when I was a kid. And I thought she was really pretty, the Wonder Woman. So my mom was Wonder Woman. And my mom was really beautiful too. In fact, mom, I know you're listening to this because I'm making this podcast for you on Mother's Day. But the most uncomfortable memories I have as a kid is because my mom was so young, I had my friends at school always saying to me, boy, your mom's a fox. I'm like, what does that even mean? Later, I figured it out. <laughs> or or in layman's terms, they said, Kenny, your mom is really pretty. I said, don't say that. That's my mom. But wait, that's a compliment. And I would tell my mom that and she would kind of blush and say, who said that? I said, just some friends. But you know, I could talk to my mom. If I ever had a problem and I was upset, I could go crawl up into her bed and and she'd rub my hair, and I could tell her. And whenever I was sick, she would go to the store, and she'd come back with these little games you'd play with, like little, I don't know, pin pocket pinball or inside of a card that you would you can flick the little metal thing and the little ball shoots up, or a little miniature pool game, just something I can play in bed, or a little like Mad Libs magazines or things like that. And she would cook and... We'd have stuffed shells together, or my favorite was taco night, and we'd get the Rice Krispie Treats recipe, and we'd make Rice Krispie Treats in the kitchen, make a huge mess, devour the whole tray in like one night. That was awesome. Or if we'd go get snacks, our favorites were better cheddars, nonpareils, and chocolate-covered pretzels. And so whenever those three items entered the house they would be a single serving. It doesn't matter what's on the box. Those were single serving for my mom and I. What that means is they were served once. Once the box of better cheddars opens, it closes as it's in the trash can because we would wipe that sucker out. Here's a fun fact. I attended high school and college before middle school. What? I was not Doogie Hauser. But I still pulled that off. How does something like that work? Here's how. My mom was pregnant with me in the 11th grade. So I attended the 11th grade at Plymouth White Marsh High School in 1976-1977. There you go. And only a few short years later, I guess I'm the age of maybe five or six, 
My mom is attending Gwynedd Mercy College, which is in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And sure enough, I would go to college with her. I'd have my books and my backpack and my crayon just like my mommy. And I would color just like the teacher would color stuff on that blackboard. I would color stuff on my coloring book. And I saw my mommy doing the same stuff, coloring stuff. Now, she didn't have crayons like me. She had like pens and pencils. And I don't know what she was writing. It looked really complicated. She was taking psychology and special ed. She's really super smart. Did I mention that my mom graduated with a degree in special ed, a master's in psychology, and she became a special ed teacher? In fact, I remember going to picnics in the summer, and my mom's students would be there, and they would all say, Mrs. Carfagno, Mrs. Carfagno. By the way, she kept her maiden name all throughout my childhood, which was so special to me. It meant a lot. Mom, thank you for doing that. It didn't make me feel weird because my mom had a different last name. You kept your name, thank you, even though you were divorced. But they would they would come up to her, Mrs. Carfagno, Mrs. Carfagno, and I'd see all these kids, special ed kids, and they would just love my mom because she loved on them, and it made me feel great. And they would say, oh, you're her son, wow. And you know how good that feels? My mom was and still is a servant. So she instilled that into me as well. A heart of service. A heart to take care of the less fortunate. As I grew, our relationship developed in other ways. Because now I'm a a boy going into puberty and maybe not sharing as much of my inner deepest thoughts and emotions with my mom. But I still did share quite a bit. Around the age of 8, 9, 10, my mom meets my stepfather, Paul, Paul Tippetts. They get married on October 30th, 1987. I was 10 years old. Paul's parents, Monty and Shelly Tippetts, and I've spoken about Grandma Shelly on a few of my podcasts here. Well, they were first class, and they picked me up from my fifth grade classroom in a limousine for the wedding. I was like, what? I got in the limo. There were so many kids hanging out the window watching me leave the school in a limo. I was like, see ya. (laughs) And we got ushered over to get changed and went to the wedding. Well, that was a new season of my life. And my stepfather, Paul, has been a wonderful man and a father to me all these years. Well, after they got married a couple years later, they started having kids and I went from being an only child to now having a sister, that's Amanda, and then another sister, Jenna, and then another sister, Marissa, and then a brother, Josh, and now I'm the oldest of five. The whole time, I continued to work hard in school, make my mom proud of me. She continued to work really hard to set a great example and to take care of all of her new family, but meanwhile, maintaining her teaching and credentials and working summers and starting to do tutoring. There's so many things she was involved in. I couldn't keep up with her, but I tried. This podcast could go on and on and on with me talking about my mom. And if you were to do a show on your mom, you probably would take a long time as well because our moms have done so much for us. And mom, I want you to hear this. I love you. You've done so much for me. You taught me 
the love of a parent. And you would always say to me, Kenny, one day you'll know how much I love you when you are holding your own baby in your arms. And I used to say, yeah, whatever, mom, sounds good. And sure enough, years later when I was a father for the first time, I held that little boy, Kenny the Fourth, and I remembered what my mom said, and it made me go back, and I finally understood, Mom, how much you love me. And I want you to know that I am so proud and thankful and grateful to be your son, to be your oldest child of five. I love the siblings you've given me. I love the life that you set me forth on. I'm thankful that you were the one that inspired me to take on cleaning of all things. You had me cleaning the house for all those weeks. I'm pursuing science and math, eventually in engineering, but here I had this background of cleaning because I was always doing chores for you in the household, and you bought me those scrubbing bubbles, and I've talked about this on a previous episode. So, Mom, you have always been there for me, and I want you to know that I'm always going to be there for you. These last two, three weeks have been really difficult, but we have prayed hard for you to fight through this coronavirus, and you have. You've proven once again that you are a fighter. Whether it's grit, determination, or just plain old stubbornness, whatever it is, you fought. And I am so thankful that you got to come home. Keep up the fight. Happy Mother's Day to you. I love you with all of my heart. Thank you so much for always desiring to be the best that you could be so that I would always want to be the best that I can be. Well, wow, I barely scratched the surface of what I would really like to say about my mom, but it might be a one-hour podcast if I did, and I don't want to keep these too long, so I thank you for listening along to the Solo Cleaning School, a gift for mom. I hope it inspires you just to think back on all the great memories you have with your own mom and reflect And then go make some more if you have the ability. And mom, one more thing. Now that you're home and you've survived this coronavirus, I made a promise and it just got real that on June 30th, 2020, your 60th birthday, mom, you and I are going to go see the boats and make some more great memories. All right, well, that wraps up this episode I hope all of you have had a wonderful Mother's Day. And if you're listening to this episode and you're a mom, happy Mother's Day to you. And if you're a new mom with a little baby or baby on the way, just think 10, 20, 30 years from now what your son or daughter could be saying about you. So follow the example of my own mom and you'll end up getting honored as well. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.